2: Welcome to the table. We discuss issues of God and culture. I'm Darrell Bach, Executive Director for Cultural Engagement at the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary, and my guest today is Ron Nelson, who runs a ministry called Seeds of Joy with his wife Star, and. He just has a wonderful personal story, and the ministry is a wonderful ministry. So we thought we would talk to him about it. And uh, in the midst of sharing, before we uh, recorded here, um, Ron started his story back at Florida State. So we'll we'll start there, even though we're in Texas. Uh, we'll start there and, and and let you roll. So so you were in school at Florida State, and you were a
1: sprinter. Is that right? Uh, that is indeed right. First of all, thank you for for the invitation here
2: a pleasure so um so uh, so hundred yard dash
1: 200 400 what all three all three all 300 200 and the 400 of course okay it started at, at age 16 almost mm-hmm. uh, broke the world tied the world record uh-huh. as a 16 year old uh-huh. so that's way back yeah. back in the day yeah you're not that fast <laughs> now huh? oh no, no. <laughs> I'm running for Jesus but <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's great. So, so you graduated from Florida State, and 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 then and then what happened next?
1: Well, I graduated from Florida State. Of course, I ran track there at Florida State, and uh, went on and got married. My wife and I have been married now for thirty-eight years.
3: Congratulations! Uh,
1: thank you. And um, went on down to uh, Miami, and and from there got involved in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And from from law enforcement, uh, from Miami back to Tallahassee, still competing athletically. While but uh, spent most of my time uh, in Tallahassee in my younger days as a Tallahassee police officer.
2: Hmm. And... Man, I could ask you questions about that, but I'll, oh, pa- yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll pass. We'll, we'll pass through that phase. And so, what, where did you go from Tallahassee as a police officer? What was next?
1: Well, as a police officer, I, I had several assignments. One in particular was a, a DARE officer, drug mm-hmm. abuse resistance education. Loved it immensely, uh, but uh, the, the department wanted to make a change and they wanted to put me back on what was called a power squad. And that was working from 6 p.m. to 4 a.m. in the morning. I wouldn't do that. Uh, It was a job I, I did I did well, but it really in terms of working with family wasn't that good. So I wanted to mm-hmm. make a change, and my pastor there in uh, Tallahassee, Florida, invited me to become on staff there. So he gave me a
2: Well, let me go back to the police thing. So it was a power squad was that like a SWAT team? Oh. Or
1: <laughs> it was a, it was it was a squad primarily it was the time mm-hmm. that we were to work from oh, okay. that 6 p.m. to that 4 a.m. <laughs> so while morning.
2: everyone else is tired, they're <laughs> calling you power. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and
1: that was that was the heat of the night, if you will, things uh-huh. were, were happening at that time. Right, and sure. So we were that that squad was um, uh, on call, on call, uh, dedicated yeah. to do that that work, that doing those hours. Oh wow!
2: Mm-hmm. So you you uh, you said, uh, and my understanding is your wife was an encourager in this regard. Said no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my wife did not really particularly like what I was doing because mm-hmm. remember, I in Florida State, I mm-hmm. was a sprinter. Yeah. So I would love for people to run away from me, mm-hmm. and I would chase people down uh-huh. and there were there wasn't too many times there were a number of times that she would receive a call from the police department and said Ron he's at the hospital he's okay uh-huh.
3: Uh-huh. but, it, but <laughs> uh-huh.
1: so I got in one of those foot foot pursuit situations uh-huh. a number of times and then she said if, if you're gonna do that type of work I prefer you not wear a uniform uh-huh. and she was with the post office at that time and that's mm. the first time I heard about becoming a United States postal inspector mm. And so I left as a police officer and eventually a year later or so after 8 years took a position as a United States Postal Inspector.
2: Oh wow. And so I don't even know what postal inspectors do. What do they do? Uh,
1: <laughs> United States Postal Inspectors are uh, similar to the FBI. Mm. There are 200 laws on the federal on the books. Mm. Federal laws governing the United States mail. Mm. And there are probably about when I was a part of the the service, about 1,600. U.S. Postal Inspectors hmm. in the country,
3: hmm.
2: they
1: kind of like to take a back seat in mm-hmm. terms of not that much publicity. So
2: you can can you tell me what you did or yes, or, yes, or, yes. I, I just want um, to make sure my life is
1: <laughs> <laughs> well my specialty I was I was put in uh, Little Rock Arkansas mm-hmm. and I my specialty in my assignment was identity theft robbery mm. assaults and burglaries mm. with the United States Post Office mm. interesting
2: <laughs> huh so uh, I've done I've been a victim of identity theft. So I, I'm, I appreciate I appreciate the work that you were doing. Um, okay, so so you're a postal inspector, just <laughs> minding your own business, right? Doing Post,
1: taking... postal inspector, minding my own business, uh, working in Little Rock, Arkansas at the same time, heavily involved in my church yeah. in Little Rock.
2: Okay, so you were involved with your pastor, and so explain that transition because you had a taste of ministry um, in the midst of being a postal inspector. Talk about that change.
1: Well, back in Florida, I uh, when I was transitioning from being uh, with the police department and eventually taking the position as an inspector, there was an interim there where I thought I was not going to be involved in law enforcement, and what. It t- what particularly take place since I did not become – I went back to that power squad. Uh, Things weren't going good there, and I shared this information with the deacons of my church at that time. They prayed, laid hands on me, and uh, my pastor at that time was out of town, and he eventually a week later called me in his office and said, "Uh, if you're willing to leave the department I want you to become on staff.
2: You know, all churches have an internet where information gets (laughs) (laughs) faster.
1: They do. They do indeed. Uh, I didn't know he 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 was really informed as to what took place on a Wednesday night Mm because he was not in town at that particular time. And so I, I sat down with him. He said, come on, staff. So I left the police department at that time and became what is called a minister of, of um, uh, uh, the liaison. I was a liaison between the pastor and about 46 ministries. Mm. And the director of ministries was my title. Mm-hmm. Didn't have any you know, qualifications and didn't go to seminary or anything, but uh, I accepted the position. So God whet my appetite mm. with ministry mm. at that time. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So you worked there for a while, and then, uh, and then my understanding is you m- you made a transit. Well, you had be- you been attending conferences that Tony Evans had been hosting. Oh
1: yes, yes. I eventually accepted a position as an inspector. They mm-hmm. put it, me in Little Rock, Arkansas, and the church in Arkansas uh, was sending its volunteers and its leaders to Dr. Tony Evans' conferences here in Dallas, Texas, hmm. and they were doing that for several years. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, every year I would come to those conferences to learn and to grow. Mm -hmm. And one particular year, uh, 2006, 2007, I came to that conference and I heard God speak to me and said, "Uh, take your resume. Mm -hmm. That was the second time God Mm -hmm. had spoken to me. Previously in Florida, God said, in a a room with leaders, he said, "Uh, who would go for me? And I said, I mumbled under my breath. Here I am, Lord, send me. Hmm. Not knowing what the future was going to be like.
2: <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, so you submitted a resume to, to Tony. Tony's a good friend uh, and uh, uh, Pastor Evans. I'll treat him with Pastor respect. Evan, yes. And uh, and and what happened? What happened next?
1: Well, uh, I uh, I took that resume to the conference, gave it to then the outreach pastor, and that resume wound up on the desk of Dr. Evans. And uh, two weeks later, I got a call from his secretary because I went online and found out that at that particular time, uh, they had a position open for uh, director of missions. Hmm. And I had gotten so uh, involved in missions at my church in Little Rock and it, missions became a part of my DNA. Hmm. And I just wanted to do something inv- with regards to missions and I wanted to be back on church staff hmm. because God had wet my appetite in earlier 19, mm-hmm. early in mm-hmm. 1995. And so he invited me and my wife because I asked him could I bring my wife for an interview hmm. uh, to uh, talk about the positions uh, missions director. And I f- came down to Dallas from Arkansas. We had about an hour. Uh, conversation our hour or so and uh, I accepted a position not that position hmm. but I accepted a position
2: Now so he had you do what first in other words you were <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it was interesting uh, my background of course I said a police officer and and in, in Florida I was a dare, Officer, drug abuse resistance education officer mm-hmm. for for uh, a number of years there, where I would work in the school system. Mm-hmm. I had about 15 schools that mm. I worked worked with uh, kindergarten on up to to high, uh, high school, uh, 12th grade. And talking about staying off drugs and that sort of thing. So I had some experience working in the school system and working mm. with kids. Dr. Evans uh, has a program uh, called uh, where he would send volunteers into the school system mm-hmm. to mentor. That's right. Uh, and he had a position also open as the director of public school outreach, mm. and it was that position that he offered to me, and I accepted.
2: Now, what what led you? Uh, we even talked about this. What, <laughs> what what led you into having So much a desire to serve the community because it's out most of what you're doing represents really significant community service.
1: Well, I I just I love working with people. Mm -hmm. I love working with people, and even as a police officer, or as a police officer, of course, that's a community Mm -hmm. uh, position. You're uh, engaging with people all the time, and I just have this nature about me about helping people. yeah, I don't know where it comes from, but I do have this. Uh, some people a servant heart, mm-hmm. uh, so I I have that heart in me.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay, so you're working in the public schools again, just minding your own business, doing your job, right? Right. And another another change comes. What's what's next? What's next in your resume?
1: Well, like I said, once I got to Little Rock and working in the uh, as a U.S. Postal Inspector, and then working very heavily in the church as a volunteer, I did out community outreach. I uh, worked in the prisons, went into the prisons, did a number of things. My wife and I led small, small group studies for for married couples, uh, a variety of things. And so I I started feeling this calling, if you will, of God just drawing me closer to Him. Mm-hmm. And that it it really just took over my entire being to the point where I've been recalling on one Wednesday, uh, noonday service, I'm sitting listening to the preacher preach and I it was during my lunch hour from, from as an inspector, and tears started flowing. Mm. Just just I could not move. Mm. And the pastor came up to me and he looked at me and he had that look and I said he said, I said, I don't know what's wrong. I'm I'm just Crying, he said, I know it's wrong. And I said, No, 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 no. I, I'm not called to be a preacher. He said, Ron, not every preacher's meant to stand in a pulpit on Sunday mornings. Mm. And then that's when he asked me uh, a few days later uh, to start a missions initiative. I, I hesitate to say program, I don't mm-hmm. like the word program, but to start a, a program, a missions, at this church that was not doing missions. Mm. And because and people ask, Ron, how did you get involved in missions today mm-hmm. and feel so strongly about it?" One word: obedience. Mm-hmm. That's the word.
2: So this was earlier. This was before you came to Tony's before church. Before I right? came to church. So you had, uh, you said you wet your appetite with ministry, but you also wet your appetite with missions. Mm-hmm. And then so you're, you so you're in so years later you're in the public school you know serving um, Oak Cliff through this initiative in the public schools. And there's another transition. What transition was that? Uh,
1: <laughs> well, when I finally did get to Oak Cliff, and uh, I really thank uh, Pastor Evans for uh, bringing me on board. Learned so much under his leadership. Uh, uh, for six months, I did that. I was in the role of public school director of public school outreach because of my previous background in as a as a police officer. And so I did that for six months. Things were going okay. I remember. I recall one. A uh, volunteer looked at me and she said, Ron, you look like a fish out of water. Mm. <laughs> and, and I knew what she was talking about. But then uh, things got to Dr. Evans and he and I went to lunch. And over lunch, he asked me a question about, tell me about your trips to Kenya, to, to South Africa, to Haiti. And I began to expound on all those trips and and so forth. And he, in the middle of a bite of a hamburger, he said, you light up when you talk about missions. And indeed, I did. And we had our lunch, went back to our offices on a Friday. And on Monday morning, I got a call from Dr. Evans. And he said, you are no longer the director of public school outreach. You're now the director of missions. Hmm. And that was the transition. So for five years. That's what I did at Oak Cliff Bible. Church. So you
2: were, you were working with missions there, and of course a very active church and significant church in the city. And uh, but uh, <laughs> I think your story is um, I'm not done. There's something else coming. So what what came after well, being director of missions at
1: Oak Cliff? With uh, let me back up just briefly. Okay. Uh, prior when I left and stepped down from being a United States Postal Inspector because my wife and I were taking these teams to various locations, Kenya being one of them, and in 2006, came home from taking a a team to to Kenya, short-term mission trip to Kenya, and it was November of 2006, and I heard God speak to me in in my spirit, said, walk away from your job. Hmm. And I was doing extremely well there, my wife was a postmaster, uh, making a very good salary, and he said walk away and told my wife that evening we prayed we cried a little bit mm. and the next day i went and resigned and, we, and this was a good job yeah, i mean oh. you,
2: you, and you, and so you were that it was risky
1: yes it was um it was one of those things that like, doesn't make sense mm-hmm. did not make sense at all didn't didn't have any idea what i was going to do And my wife and I said, well, let's just start a ministry. Mm. And we started a ministry called Sowing Seeds of Joy Mm. out of Psalms 126. Mm. And uh, we went through the process of getting a nonprofit, and it took off from there. Uh, But it was also at the same time I I had this hunger to be on church staff. Mm. And at the same time we launched Sowing Seeds of Joy, I also looked at Coming on board with Dr. Tony Evans.
2: I see. So you're doing two things at once, basically. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, let's. We we know what ministry in the church is like, and what it's like to run a missions uh, program. Uh, but let's transition now to Seeds of Joy. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. So what year? So what year was this that
1: that we launched? This was uh, 2006, 2007.
2: Okay. So you're you're in multiple transitions mm-hmm. in 2006 and 2007. Yes, if I'm hearing it right. Yes. So you've moved from Arkansas. To Dallas, Mm -hmm. and you started off in the public schools, and you transitioned to missions, and at the same time, you're launching this ministry from scratch. Right. Um, Okay. So I I hear the name Seeds of Joy, and I go, "It's a wonderful name," but I have no idea what that (laughs) ministry is about. So, so tell me what Seeds of Joy is about.
1: Sowing Seeds of Joy is a ministry. We are mission mobilizers. Mm -hmm. My wife and I are mission mobilizers. And we felt very strongly about spreading God's word, hmm. the seed, mm-hmm. and doing it not only in word, but also in deed. Mm-hmm. But also using that as a platform to educate and equip others about global missions, hmm. cross-cultural missions. Mm-hmm. We found out that many, Af- specifically African-American, and I'm an African-American, many of them are not involved in missions. Mm. And the many places that we've gone—the Haiti, um, uh, Kenya, uh, now—and and we we've gone to Nigeria, Papua New Guinea—all these various places mm. that we have traveled over the years—we've been asked the question: Where's the African American? We we've been going on trips. When I say we African Americans do, do missions, mm-hmm. but it's not talked about as much and it's kinda it's kinda sporadic and, and not, not many African American churches are truly involved in missions. And we saw that void. I like to say um, African American missions, MIA, they're missing in action.
2: Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so um, so missions mobilization. So is it so I, I take it it's a combination of awareness and experience. Well, let me, let me ask you one other question before we get there, um, and that is um, what – moved you in the area of missions. Did you take a short-term missions trip at some point or did you do it on your own initiative or did you go with someone? What whet your appetite for this?
1: There were a number of things. One, I tell you obedience. Mm-hmm. And my pastor back in Arkansas, when he asked me to take on that that endeavor, uh, I was obedient. His, mm-hmm. This is the man of God. This is my pastor. And I just said, this is something I need to do. And at the same time, he said, go learn. All you can from one of the largest churches in the in the area who was doing true missions work at that time. They were going to to Haiti, hmm. and sending teams. So we partnered with this particular church, and I began to learn everything they did in terms of going. On so the your earth.
2: first overseas mission trip was to Haiti. To Haiti.
1: Okay. To Haiti.
2: Which I, I've never been, but I've heard it's 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 an eye opener. It's an eye opener. <laughs> yeah.
1: If you can go to Haiti, you can go to anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yes.
2: Uh-huh. So the uh, the the poverty is is deep and immense. The and
1: poverty is deep, but the people are real.
2: Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> you, I find that to be the case. My experience, at least in, in in this part of the world, began with Guatemala, and I found people who were, you know, very very poor, but but managed, tried to manage to go through life. Um, as positively as possible, yes. and very open about about the things of God. Yes, exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, um, so Haiti was your first experience, uh, and you said you've been to Kenya. Um, how soon after Haiti did did you take a trip to Kenya?
1: We went to Kenya first. I believe it was around 2004. We met a couple who had been married here in this country. They're Kenyans, and they uh, have—they actually live here in Dallas. Hmm. And then we met them in Arkansas, but through a course. Uh, Call perspectives.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, a gentleman said uh, said met them and said you need to meet this African American couple whose heart is just for missions. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, I learned that this Kenyan couple had not had many positive uh, in- in- encounters with Af- African Americans as mm-hmm. far as missions
3: is concerned. Mm-hmm.
1: And so we met them. We invite this couple over to our home. Uh, we had we had service, mm. <laughs> worship service, in our home, mm. and I knew God was saying there was going to be a relationship here. Mm. So it was in 2004, at 2005. Thereafter, they journeyed, uh, went on back to serve their people in Kenya, and it was 2005. We were asked to come and do some workshops in Kenya, and mm. that started the relationship. So we've been going every year.
2: And how long after the Haitian trip was this?
1: Ah, well. Keep in mind, we've been doing since 1998. We were doing going to Haiti. Okay. Two or three trips a year to Haiti. Oh, wow. And that was since 98, mm-hmm. all the way up until 2004. Okay. 2004. Mm-hmm. And so it was the Haiti trip, and then one trip in between there to 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 South Africa. Mm-hmm. And then came.
2: Interesting. Came so you've been. To, I've been to South Africa as well. That's that is a that is also a fascinating yes. place. Yes, yes, sir. Um, so um. Okay, so so the, obviously you have developed a lot of experience to do what you're doing. So let's say I walk in the door, okay, and mm-hmm. I'm I, I or I call up Seeds of Joy or I go on a website. I'm assuming you have a website. Yes, we do. That's Seeds of Joy, um, and I'm and I'm curious. Okay, let me have it. What are you going to do with me?
1: <laughs> the first thing we're going to do is pray. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're going to pray, and then we're going to get to know. Who you are? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we take great joy in, in terms of our ministry, is there's this acronym that we I've come up with: Rise, R. I. S. E. Okay, relational, mm-hmm. intentional, mm-hmm. strategic, and evangelistic. Mm-hmm. The R first. I want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the questions that people ask all over the world: What do you do? That's wrong question. Mm-hmm. Who are you?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I ask, who are you, I get to know, we, we, and, and we hear their heart about serving mm-hmm. and wanting to do it globally mm-hmm. and, and why this interest in missions. And then we talk about how we can cultivate that because one of the things we take very serious about discipling individuals through this process, I tell people it's not, impo- it's not important where we're going, Kenya, Haiti, Papua New Guinea, it's not the destination. It's the journey, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's what we will do. We will sit you down and we will talk and find out why you want to get involved, okay? What do you want to do? Why is God calling you to the mission field? Mm. Even if it's short term because our goal in Soil Seas of Joy is to whet your appetite so much and encourage you so much that you may even consider going long term mm. because the percentage of African Americans involved in, in uh, long-term missions is very, very, less than 1%. Mm.
0: Listen to these conversations and more by searching Grace Enough Podcast on your favorite listening app or by visiting graceenoughpodcast.com.
2: So, okay, so so we sit down and get to know one another. So we've had our coffee, we've done our meal, we've had our conversation. Uh-huh. What's
1: next? Then we determine looking at the trips, the various trips that we have going on, what would be a good fit for you. Mm. And then there's the applica- application process mm-hmm. of doing that. And then we talk about how that trip is going to unfold. Mm-hmm. We start a training program in terms of – we have a training program where we start training you from anywhere from six months, eight months or six months out mm. before that trip
3: mm.
1: because it's short-term. Right. And short-term. Uh, doesn't have, so, uh, uh, sometimes it has a, a bad connotation mm-hmm. going on short term. We like to think that we want to do it right and especially in the African American community, they're not going on short terms at all, mm-hmm. that much. Mm-hmm. And so we take great joy and pride and we like to say we want to do it, everything with a spirit of excellence. Mm-hmm. Training is very important, mm-hmm. preparing you to go. Mm-hmm. Recall taking one young lady to Brazil mm-hmm. and she was so excited about going to Brazil. But then about three weeks out, she was sitting in our one of our meetings. She said, this is work. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. This is not a vacation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a vacation. This is God's work, and we're going to do what he has called us to do. And by the way, you're going to find out a whole lot about him, and yourself mm-hmm. doing the student
2: count. No, that's true. I mean, the uh, you know, I I say to people who've never had a cross cultural experience that you know, <laughs> try it. You'll you'll you may or may not like it, but you'll learn a lot about who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it's it really is a challenge. So so your short term trips, are they one week, two weeks? How long do they generally last? It depends on where we're going, okay. of course.
1: Uh, we Again, what we, we've we been going primarily to Kenya, mm-hmm. and then we have South Cape Town, South Africa. Mm-hmm. We actually have a ministry called Sowing Seas of Joy, South Africa. Oh. We have Sowing Seas of Joy, Kenya. Now,
2: where do you work in uh, – this fascinates me because I have – I've been involved in Cape Town myself. Where in Cape Town are you, do you minister, or is it various places?
1: Various places. We went. We took a team several years back to Cape Town, South Africa, mm-hmm. in that in the city and in, in those regions there near. Cape Town yeah, and we worked with a, a local pastor who was a missions pastor there. Mm. He and his wife had spent uh, about 15 years on Mercy Ship mm-hmm. and then they uh, left there and he became a missions pastor at that church and we went there and we went through several communities, showed the Jesus film, uh, we had a wonderful, wonderful experience. And my wife and I brought – we came home with our, t- our small team and then we happened to Skype and did a debriefing with this pastor mm. he said, Ron? Uh, I really like your story hmm. and what you and your wife are doing. Hmm. And he said, I'm not, I did not ask for permission, but my wife and I stepped away from our church, hmm. and we have now we now have a nonprofit called. Sowing Seas of joy, in South Africa. <laughs> oh, and You're wow. a star of the founders. <laughs>
2: oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I've been I've been in some of the townships in that mm-hmm. part of the uh, that part of the world, and have uh, spoken in in churches again in the middle of actually one of the more violent parts of Cape Town, and uh, with a ministry that is just absolutely dedicated to serving the people. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, we had the pastor here um, to tell his testimony because he has one of the most amazing testimonies. Testimonies I've ever heard in my life, and uh, um, just a, it's a it's a. Fascinating, but a challenging place to do ministry because there's there is so much swirling around many of those communities.
1: There's one community that they do a lot of work in. It's called Hanover Park.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's gang infested.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And so this particular team, this pastor and his wife, they do dra- trauma healing mm-hmm. uh, workshops and healings mm-hmm. in that community. And a couple years back, my wife and I were there, and I was there and walked with this ta- pastor. Through those streets, and literally, one set of gang was on one side of the street, and the other. But while I was so impressed with this pastor; he was going from door to door. We were walking the streets, and you can hear uh, voices in the crowd that don't mess with the pastor. Mm-hmm. So they didn't mess with the pastor. So they mm-hmm. respected him. It,
2: no. Yeah, uh, it's a very that's a very similar story to the community that I ministered in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in fact, the last time I was in South Africa, um, and we had. We had actually just spoken at his church, and there had been literally a murder a few houses mm-hmm. away from the church yes. that he was having to deal with from a pastoral perspective. It's it's an incredibly intense ministry. Yes. Um, well, so so you're you're yeah, if I can say it this way. You are taking people into some really um, challenging uh, situations in in many cases.
1: Yes. uh, For example, in Kenya, we do a lot of work on the um, coastal region Mm -hmm. of Kenya. Uh, just on, on the Samaria, and uh, we go in areas, that particular area is 98% Muslim. Mm. And so we go share the gospel, and we have been in situations where, uh, of course, there were a number of uh, shootings in the area, b- church bombings. I recall at one particular church, I had to preach directly after there was a bombing not too far from that church. Mm. And so, yes, we've gone into a number of places uh, where it's very dangerous, mm. very dangerous.
2: Wow. Well, um, so so we've had our coffee and you've done the training and now you've told me about where you're taking me and I'm really nervous. Uh, but uh, um, so uh, so what do you what do you hope um, happens with someone who takes on a, a short term experience?
1: That last word you just said, I want them to truly have an experience with God. Mm-hmm. I want them to learn and understand that God, you know, uh, uh, He is doing an amazing work all over the world. I like to tell individuals find out where God is at work and join Him there. Mm-hmm. Okay? And to have. An experience. One of the books that uh, we do devotionals on our on our trips, and one that I've gone back repeatedly to is "Experiencing God" Mm -hmm. with Henry Blackaby. Mm -hmm. And that every time I use that as a devotional on the field, I learn, I learn something different every single time. Mm -hmm. So, but again, to your question, I really want them to have an experience with God, Mm -hmm. and I try to tell them, be open. To have an experience in the littlest of things, mm-hmm. in the littlest of things, don't miss. I said, do not miss God in the littlest of things.
2: Interesting. So, um, so when you go overseas, I mean, obviously there's there's ministry, but it, uh, is it is it strictly preaching and evangelism, or is it is it, are other things associated with what you end up doing when you go overseas? There
1: are other things that are associated with it. One of the one of the things that we take. Um, great joy in doing and it's a non-negotiable, we do not go with our agenda. Mm -hmm. Uh, I tell individuals we're going to serve and so I ask wherever we're going, I ask our hosts how can we serve you? Mm -hmm. And there are times where we've gone and what we have intended to do completely changes. Mm Completely changes, and so we've gone and we've we've done. Uh, we worked in schools, going into schools and and to teach. Uh, we just brought. A, it took a team to uh, Belize mm. uh, not too long ago. Very easy country to go to, mm-hmm. 2 hours flight from Houston, uh, most, probably in one of the most visited locations for short-term tri- tri- teams. that's true, yep. And we went there to do one thing, but then we were asked when we got there to do some training and teaching mm. uh, with young students.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so it really threw it – it just threw us – Threw us off of what we're normally we're going to do, and that was evangelizing mm-hmm. and door-to-door street evangelism and that sort of thing.
2: So, um, so when you go into a school, what kinds of things do they have you doing there?
1: Well, uh, let me just talk briefly for, about Belize. Okay, uh, we've gone there and we've ministered in the schools. We've shared the gospel in the schools, but it's also we've gone there and as as encouragers, mm. uh, Belize has a situation where uh, there's a abuse with the young girls. Mm. Um, uh, real tragic situations in terms of, of of the young girls being abused and taken advantage of and that sort of thing. Uh, the young boys, the the young men, are being ministered to, hmm. but uh, we have been told and have experienced the fact that the young girls are not being uh, ministered to. So my wife and I have been taking teams for the past two years to go into schools and minister to the young people. Hmm. Uh, Talking of a variety of things of how uh, God wants to use them, but also talking about their own self worth
3: mm-hmm. and
1: how valuable they are.
2: So, so on the one hand, you're preaching the word; on the other hand, you're kind of serving in the way that the host community is asking you yes. uh, to serve. Are there any other? Um, I, I, this is not best description, but are there any other? related kinds of things that you do uh, besides preaching and sharing uh, besides the local schools is there um, you know the short-term work that I'm familiar with oftentimes people go in and there they're building stuff or things like that are you doing those kinds of things I as have well? done
1: things like that for example in Haiti mm-hmm. we added additions uh, we went took a, a group of men down there and added uh, to a church that needed some additional space so so men like to do things yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we we, we we uh, gathered some men here locally uh, from an, a, a small organization, some homeless people too, men, and took them to Haiti to do that addition. Uh, we're building wells.
2: Mm-hmm. That was my uh, next question. We, we That's got a well. Next we question. got. T- yep.
1: We had just finished in partnership with a church out of Arkansas and just completed a well uh, in uh, Malindi, Kenya, mm-hmm. and then we're looking at uh, a location about two hours outside of Mombasa, mm-hmm. uh, putting in a well there. So there are a variety. Why is that
2: important? I mean most people say well so so what's the deal there? I mean <laughs>
3: uh,
1: <laughs> well the deal there is that I spent 3 months just recently in Kenya and I journeyed with a pastor friend of mine in Mombasa he had planted a church 2 hours outside of Mombasa mm-hmm. in a very rural area mm-hmm. and he and I uh journeyed there it took us 2 hours by by car Bad roads and everything, and I'm looking around. I'm going, where in the world are you taking me? Mm-hmm. And we finally landed and uh, drove to this location where uh, they had he had planted a small little church. And out of the woods and, and everywhere, these people started coming—women, hmm. small
3: children—and
1: hmm. uh, the elder. I met the elder of the church, and he, God had blessed him to the point where he gave land so the church can sit be be planted there. And as a result of that, one of the church, the government decides to bring a school. Hmm. To God be the glory. But I asked the elder, "What what was it? What else is needed?" Because one of the things I noticed as we sat there for a brief little message. They didn't have any chairs. Mm-hmm. And these children went in the fields and started bringing out the rock, these large boulder rocks. Hmm. And that's what we sat on hmm. in this little small building. Hmm. All right. So since that time, the, 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 the church that planted there has been able to get them some chairs. They preferred benches, but they got them some chairs. But I asked, what's, what's the greatest need? He said, we have no water in this area. Hmm. So they cooked for
3: us. Mm-hmm.
1: And the water they brought in were carried by hand, buckets over their heads, and that sort of thing, two two miles out,
3: mm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: and, I, and and that broke my heart. Mm. You know, no water. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, n- not only did that, they had no electricity. They they were playing. They they worship and prayed and did all these things and had this little keyboard, but it was hooked up to a car battery. Mm. <laughs> it's things we don't. Uh, uh, that's
2: right. I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. I have to be. I have to be honest yeah. with you. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, so, th- so this is a challenging ministry. But when you do something that seemingly is that simple, it really does change that community, doesn't it?
1: Oh yes. Uh, matter of fact, the ministry Sowing Seas of Joy Kenya, their motto is transforming the community through the local church, hmm. and it does make an impact. The mm-hmm. Smallest things make an impact.
2: So you so so what happens? You build a well, and what happens? I mean, the people now have access to water. They're able to take care of themselves better, et cetera. It just improves the environment of the. It of improves the, community? the environment,
1: improves the community, the whole status in terms of the community, in terms of pride and joy. Uh, not only do we did the wells. I recall in that community, not too far from that community, well, it's actually in Malindi. Uh, near a place called the Sabaki River, we outfitted some like 70 families with uh, water filters Mm. because in the Sabaki River, that's where they got their water. Mm -hmm. And in that river, everything you can probably imagine happened in that river. Mm -hmm. And the the diseases that come from that, the children and that sort of thing. So we went in there and using as a point of entry because the ultimate thing is to share the word of God, mm-hmm. and so we use water filters as a point of contact, a mm-hmm. point of entry mm-hmm. into sharing the gospel.
2: Because I imagine the reaction to that is, is that these people have come from a long way, and they really show that they care about us, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, uh, people's ears are open. Mm-hmm. And they are really, really ready to listen to what it is that you have to say.
1: Yes, indeed, and and I'm glad you brought that point out because yeah. everywhere we went, we have gone, we haven't gone just once.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: How about twice, mm-hmm. three or four times? Mm-hmm. Because people, they don't want to. There's the old saying: people don't want to know how much you know. They want to know how much you care. Exactly, and it's building relationships. That's
2: right. Yeah, it's
1: building relationship, and that's what we we take joy in. Remember, I said rise mm-hmm. relational. Mm-hmm. We take a great great bit of joy in trying to build and establish relationships.
2: And so, I, I take it then that just to flip back, your training is designed to help people understand kind of just one what they may face, but two kind of the mindset of what you're going in to do. Is that is that where the training is focused?
1: Yes, yes, uh, it's focused on. Uh, really taking God and taking Christ in there and being a great example mm-hmm. and a great witness mm-hmm. you know you, you know the it's not so much about the doing
3: mm-hmm. it's
1: about the being mm-hmm. and that's what we take and so uh people go well I'm going I'm going to go take Jesus there first of all Jesus is already there yeah that's right
3: he's he's already <laughs> there okay
1: all right yeah. but god may be speaking to you mm-hmm. more so than you going to speak to someone else mm-hmm. all right so we t- the training is Put the emphasis is placed on on going in there and going in there with the right mindset, mm-hmm. okay, and not to mess things up because there are people who are doing a great work mm-hmm. wherever we go, mm-hmm. and you just don't want to go in there and mess things up. Mm-hmm. You want to go in there with a God, a God like mind, Christ led,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and and be willing to learn and be very teachable. Uh, I like to say, be fat, mm-hmm. be flexible, attentive. And teachable
3: nice um,
2: so uh, I'm fascinated so where did where did you learn all this I mean because uh, I mean <laughs> you know that doesn't it doesn't just drop in your lap uh, where, where did you where did you develop the sensitivity for one for missions and two for people and three for the cross-cultural experience that says uh, we're gonna go in and we're gonna serve and we're and we're gonna serve wherever needed and and we think all of that in here Enhances what we do when we
1: want to share the gospel. Very good question. Uh, I like to, I like to say it's you know. God has just tagged me mm-hmm. to do it. It's, it's been placed in my heart. I didn't ask for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, well, I, that's been clear <laughs> from your
2: story. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. Uh-huh.
1: No, not indeed. My wife did not ask for mm-hmm. it. When people see us and they, they, they see what we're doing, I remember, recall just even just recently, we had an, an interest meeting, and the lady that came and said, "You guys are anointed to do this." Whatever that means, mm-hmm. uh, again, we're obedient, we're following. But we have a love for it, a passion for it. Uh, it's trial and error mm-hmm. is one way we've learned things. Uh, I, I mentioned, if I did not mention, I, I took a course called Perspective, mm-hmm. and it's a very, very good discipleship leadership course that focuses on missions. Mm-hmm. But it, you will, it, was an eye op- it will give you an eye-opener uh, in terms of what God is doing Cross-culturally, globally, mm-hmm. yes. uh, what he's calling all of us to be about—the uh, mm-hmm. Great Commission. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: uh, it, it's, it's a fabulous story. I mean, I just, um, I, I just really want to commend you just for, one, the nature of the ministry, and two, the, the way in which you're going about it. It's, um, and, and I'm, I, my guess is that, that you've also had, probably some pretty good mentors and teaching along the way that have, that have, that have. Help to to frame the way you you view ministry.
1: Well, uh, I mentioned also uh, mentioned Dr. Tony
2: Evans. Yeah, well, that <laughs> that doesn't surprise uh, me.
1: You know, he's one of his books, uh, King uh, Kingdom Agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, is, was high as a I highly recommend it. And then there's been other books uh, that I've read, uh, John Piper, mm-hmm. Let the Nations Be Glad. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, a hole in the gospel. Yes. So, a lot of reading that I've right. done, all right. Going to a lot of seminaries, mm-hmm. um, uh, I mean, excuse me, conferences mm-hmm. and such. And then, and just being open to, to what God is leading us to do. Mm. Uh, and I say that uh, one, of th- one term that I've developed is that when I was in Kenya, Riding in uh, sort of like a conveyor belt uh, from one floor. It was in a mall. As mm-hmm. Matter of fact, it was the mall that was shot up mm. by terrorists, mm. and we had just missed that mm. situation. Mm. But in that mall, you could take a conveyor belt or some uh, that would take you from one floor to the floor to the other. And I stepped on that that belt to go to the next floor, and I heard again. God does a lot of speaking in my spirit. Mm-hmm. He said, "What you're doing." This is what I want. I want you to flow in obedience, hmm. and the only way you would get out of that is that you decide to step off. Mm-hmm. Now he was talking spiritually mm-hmm. to me. Of course, I had to step off and go yeah, where right, I was right. going. But he said, "Without what, just flow in obedience." Mm-hmm. And this, this, this uh, uh, has not been the easiest work I've ever done. No. this has been tough. Oh yeah. I mean, I tell people working in, as a police officer. A lot easier than this. Interesting. (laughs) You know, we
2: haven't talked about your wife very much and the role that she plays in this, which is probably when we're running out of time, which is sad. But, but tell me a little bit about what Star does in the ministry.
1: Um, Star does everything. (laughs) Uh, We, like I said, we've been married 38 years, and even in retrospect, I can see how God has placed us together (laughs) to do what we're doing today. Uh, she is right there by my side. She handles a lot of the logistics. Mm-hmm. And then she's a praying woman, and a godly mm-hmm. woman. And so uh, that makes doing this a lot easier. I just told her last week or so, I said, I cannot do this without you. Mm. And so yes. <laughs> she, yeah. She's she's a strong lady.
2: Well, uh, uh, this is an amazing story. Tell us a little bit about how if people want to find out about Seeds of Joy, how they can find out about you.
1: Well, uh, a couple ways. One, you can go to our website, sowingseedsofjoy.org, mm-hmm. and uh, you can even send us a message. It's all
2: one word, sowingseedsofjoy. All, all oh, one word,
1: sowingseedsofjoy.org. Sewing. Yep. And of course, you can go to our website and, and send us a message by that by, by way of that. Also, uh, the uh, mailing address is seas of joy info at gmail.com okay uh, so that's one way and then of course you can give us a call
2: okay mm-hmm.
1: um, and uh, and how often do you how how many trips do you take a year we take at least five to seven trips a year
2: oh wow <laughs> and those are all overseas so are, you're those, so you're
1: those are all overseas. <laughs> your visa busy <laughs> visa busy we have been known to take teams uh, we, we trained a church in Mississippi hmm. and we took them they were wanted to wanting to take baby steps, if you will, Mm -hmm. and we took them Somewhat in their own neighborhood, we took them to New Orleans huh. on at least three occasions. We took them to New Orleans and partner with an organization called YWAM.
2: Well, that's uh, actually cool. I mean, to, to to think about doing this kind of work locally because most people will jump at the chance to go overseas, but will be slow to do it internally. One
1: of the things when we train churches, one of the questions we ask them: What are you doing here at home?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We don't to go somewhere else, and you're not doing it at home. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we even have a workshop called uh, Bloom Where You planet. hmm And so we, we talk about it. My experience with Dr. Evans in, in leading ministries and working as a, the, the director of ministries, I was the director of missions and evangelism. So prison ministry I'm, av- I'm familiar with, mm-hmm. street evangelism I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were about four or five other ministries that I oversaw. Hmm. Okay. In additions to missions,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but so I can walk into a church and say, "What are you doing mm-hmm. here at home in your Jerusalem?"
2: That is great. Well, Ron, I mean, it has been just a real. It's been a joy.
3: <laughs> I've enjoyed
2: this. Thank you, sir. Thank um, you. To hear your story and to hear about your ministry and to see how you are putting together um really just a commitment to walk with God and in the midst of that um, grow this ministry that has such terrific sensitivities in terms of how to um, apply what the world call, what the word calls us to do and to be I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us Thank and uh and and we just trust that uh, that the Lord continues to bless your ministry that you and star just um, shine Thank as uh, as you as you minister to people and seek to help these various communities that you get the opportunity to go into. It's, it's,
1: it's a real pleasure. In Swahili, sawa sawa. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have no idea what you just said to me, but I, I'll tell it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. And, and we thank you for being a part of The Table, and we hope you'll join us again soon.
1: Thanks for listening to The Table Podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit dts.edu the table. Dallas Theological Seminary, teach truth, love well.